This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Feisty, fearless, and fair. Telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And welcome to the Rita Cosby Show, action-packed show tonight. And first off, some newly released footage coming from Fox News. Very interesting dynamic, everybody, if you're joining me here on this Monday night. Of course, we have talked a lot about January 6th and many questions about what was shown at the hearing, of course, by the Democratic, very partisan-led January 6th committee, months and months, millions upon millions of dollars of taxpayer money. And we saw little glimpses of what was going on on January 6th. But we knew we didn't see the whole picture. And tonight, some very interesting footage coming on the Tucker Carlson show. It just came out a little bit ago. Newly released footage First off shows that Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick, according to what was presented, basically shows after there were claims that he had been beaten and a number of people had been reporting that in the mainstream media, that he had been hit by a fire extinguisher um, and that he was severely, severely injured and that he died, as we know, the following day. Now, a lot of media accounts say that he was slain on January 6th. And now this never-before-seen footage that was just released appears to show a very healthy and walking normal Brian Sicknick after the time that they say that he was supposedly seriously injured by the mob outside, showing him walking around the Capitol. And so that is very interesting. Does that paint a very different picture than you had heard before? Also, we know that an autopsy report reportedly showed that he had died of a stroke the following day. But in the footage that was shown just a little bit ago, it appears to show Brian Sicknick walking around the building, looking healthy, looking normal. In the footage, again, supposedly after he was so badly beaten by the mob outside, we don't see that actual activity. So could we now be seeing what really happened inside the Capitol and outside the Capitol on January 6th? And does that paint a new picture for you? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And also separately, newly released surveillance footage. And again, some 40,000 hours of the surveillance footage was granted by Speaker McCarthy to Tucker Carlson on Fox News. And another very interesting moment that we see shows two Capitol Police officers escorting Jacob Chansley, that is the so-called QAnon shaman. Remember that guy who was, like, dressed up like he was, like, in a Halloween costume? Remember the whole to-do? 
Well, now it looks like, according to the footage that we saw tonight, basically showing that the officers were closely following him as he was wandering around the corridors of the Capitol, bare-chested and wearing the face paint and everything else, and, of course, the wild Viking horns. But virtually, apparently, every moment of the time inside the Capitol was caught on tape, and the tape shows that the police never stopped him, that they helped him. And according to Tucker Carlson, they acted as his tour guides. Doesn't that paint a very different image of what was going on on January 6th? And they say at one point, the officers are seen walking. This is the QAnon shaman guy past seven police officers milling around outside the Senate chamber who are barely even giving a second look. That sure doesn't sound like what we heard in the January 6th hearings. So are we now going to see a very, very different picture? By the way, you know that this guy, this 33-year-old naval veteran, by the way, from Arizona, the QAnon shaman, um, he has been jailed for almost four years for obstructing an official proceeding. And yet, if the footage indeed is complete, and again, we're hearing it from Tucker Carlson, but Tucker is saying that it looks like the officers are escorting him around, not stopping him showing him around, acting, quote, as tour guides. That is a very different impression than we have gotten all along about what happened on January 6th. Does this basically debunk everything when they said that these people busted in? So much so that, again, they sentenced this guy so far to four, I mean, four years uh, for being escorted around. And basically we saw one part, I remember, I think it was the New York Magazine that actually right after everything said, oh, yeah, would you like to sit down here? Would you like to do this? Would you like to do that? Um, Because of all of that, this basically accents it, that maybe the doors were busted open and say, hey, come on in, everybody. Just don't break up the place. Obviously, you shouldn't be destroying the Capitol. And it was certainly a crazy, out-of-control scene at a number of moments. But does this paint a very different picture that maybe the cops acted more as tour guides, uh, at least in some of the cases, then we have known. And the fact that Officer Brian Sicknick, again, according to what Fox News was showing, was that he, right after, apparently they say that there was this moment, they say they don't see that on the videotape. And then apparently after when that moment supposedly occurred, then he was walking inside, healthy, walking normally, um, seen around there, uh, basically, you know, pointing to things, looking around looking healthy and looking fine. Very different narrative than we heard from the January 6th committee. So what does this tell you? Does it tell you maybe it's a whole bunch of hogwash? And does that change your impression about January 6th? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. By the way, speaking of January 6th, We did hear from President Trump this weekend, and he was in rare form at CPAC. And all I got to say, even those that are detractors, and we have people of all stripes who call into the show. That's why we love the Rita Cosby Show. We get here from everybody, and we love hearing from all of you. You got to give him credit. He spoke for two hours. He was off script much of the time. You could tell he was ad-libbing. He was full of energy. The crowd at CPAC. Um, even though for some of the time it was pretty thin. But when he spoke, it was a full house. He got a standing ovation, and he was treated like a rock star there. They were full of energy, 
And I kept thinking what a contrast it is to our current president, who was again stumbling apparently up the stairs on Sunday night as he was leaving the White House. So it's like there are still so many issues. But when you hear President Trump, he sounded full of vigor and he sounded excited to run again for the Oval Office. And he says that he is the only one who can really take the fight to the deep state. Take a listen. Here's a little bit of President Trump over the weekend at CPAC. Take a listen. There's only one president in history who has ever taken on the entire corrupt establishment in Washington. And when we win in 2024, we will do it again even stronger, faster and better because... Because now I am experienced and I know the people of Washington. I didn't know them. I was from New York. I only came here 17 times, they said. I read that in the fake news, so probably it's not true, but it's the best I could do. And I never stayed over. I was from New York, but I now know the good ones, the bad ones, the weak ones, the strong ones. I know them all. I know the people that have to do the job and can do the job. A lot of them are in this room right now. And as I did for four incredible years, I will put America first every single time, every single day. And he also said, I am your warrior and I am your retribution. Many of you feel persecuted, even talking about what happened basically on January 6th. The people that are still behind bars, like the QAnon shaman and people like that. And he said, I will fight for you. Who else could kind of deal with all the slings and arrows? Who else could deal with all the attacks on him? And he said, I am ready to fight and I'm ready to fight again. And I know where all the bodies are buried. I know where all the secrets are buried. And even called out Mitch McConnell and a whole bunch of others. And here he is also saying that I can't believe I gave up my cushy life. Uh, but I am ready to do it again for America. Take a listen. I lived in luxury. I had everything. People said to me, are you sure you want to do it, sir? I said, oh, this will be so amazing. What the hell did you get me into? I didn't know the word subpoena. I didn't know the word grand jury. Those words, grand jury. I didn't know that. They want to lynch you for doing nothing wrong. I didn't know they want to lynch you for doing a great job. I didn't know they want to put you away because your poll numbers are better than anybody they've seen in years. And then they go with the disinformation campaign. First of all, we're leading every Republican by massive numbers. And very importantly, perhaps more importantly, we're leading Biden by a lot. And we're leading Kamala by a lot. And every time the polls go up higher and higher, the prosecutors get crazier and crazier. We got to stop these guys. He says, we have to stop Trump now. We got to stop him now because we can't stop him at the ballot box. You know, they tried that in 2016. How did that work out? Not too good. And we actually, and I have to say this, I hope Fox doesn't turn off, but we did much better in 2020 than we did in 2016. And President Trump also said... That he said he can imagine a phone call, a conversation at least between Hunter Biden and his dad, 
Joe Biden. And he said, you know, if there's still a lot more to that laptop, he said, I think, than meets the eye. Here he is making a joke about it all. By the way, where's Hunter? Where is Hunter? Remember? Where's Hunter? Will there ever be a time when Joe Biden says this thing with Hunter just isn't working out well? I'm starting to get a little angry at Hunter. Or when Hunter comes to him and says, Dad, Dad, we have a problem. What? What is it, son? Another one? Oh, son, you're a disaster, son. Son, you're a disaster. Dad, we have a problem. I left my laptop at the repair shop. And Joe looks at him and says, what's on it, son? What's on it? And Hunter looks back and he says, every single crime that you've ever committed, Dad. Wow, that was red meat for that crowd. And they gave him a standing ovation. Uh, So what did you make of Trump's words? What do you also make about this new revelation This is fascinating uh, with this January 6th footage that, again, according to what was aired on Tucker Carlson's Fox News show, and he said more is coming tomorrow night. uh, It shows basically police officers leading these protesters around, kind of giving them a tour, if you will, almost saying that they were acting as tour guides. And also the Capitol cop, Brian Sicknick, They claim from seeing the footage, and again, these are their words, basically, that he was uninjured on January 6th. He did suffer a stroke the next day, but many people have been connecting the two, saying he was the guy who died. The officer was dying, you know, died on January 6th. And according to Tucker Carlson's footage, he was not even attacked or hurt on January 6th. Does this paint a very different image of what happened that day. We're going to take your calls when we come back, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. A little bit of uh, my southern favorite rock, Leonard Skinner, with Gary Rossington. He was the last original member of Leonard Skinner who lived through the plane crash and all that stuff. And he passed away yesterday. Here we go to put it up. I love the song.
What an amazing guitarist he was. And how sad he had passed away yesterday, the final original member of Leonard Skinner. Take me back to my time at University of South Carolina where Leonard Skinner, I'd wake up, I'm like, forget a, forget a, the Carpenters. It was Leonard Skinner and Marshall Tucker in Alabama, too, every day, too, as well. You know I love that Southern rock. Well, speaking, there were a lot of Southerners at CPAC, and they were rooting on President Trump big time this weekend. It looked a little thin, the crowd at CPAC at the beginning, but then it was packed when President Trump was speaking. And I thought, boy, what a contrast. The energy, the emotion, just the quips. Uh, He didn't take any swipes at his challengers, per se. He did talk about Mitch McConnell and some of the others, but he didn't go after DeSantis. He didn't go after Nikki Haley. And he also stayed kind of focused on policy, Biden, also a lot on what he wants to do next. I think if he can kind of stay in that lane, I actually thought it was a really good speech by President Trump. Sometimes he goes all over the place, or I don't really like it when he's trashing DeSantis or some of the others, but he actually was very focused and actually funny. And you just saw, wow, what a contrast from the energy level and the focus and the dynamic and playing off the crowd. And what a contrast to the president that we have now. And then he also said, you know what, Uh, there will be something I will do immediately if I become president and take a listen to this one. And I will implement a four year plan to phase out all Chinese imports of essential goods and gain total independence from China. We have to do it. We have to do it. I will hold China financially accountable for unleashing the China virus upon the world. And I will again withdraw from the WHO, which stands for We Hide Outbreaks. We Hide Outbreaks. We hide outbreaks. He always has these great lines. You can imagine Biden trying to deliver and be like, uh, 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 in the middle of it all. And then, of course, he took a swipe at President Biden and his handling of a lot of things that are going on, especially with foreign policy with China and others. Take a listen. But with Bush, they invaded Georgia, right? With Obama, they took Crimea. With Biden, they're trying to take everything. And he won't even know they took it. He did have some good lines. So does this show he is the guy to beat on the GOP side? And boy, it will be an interesting debate uh, if it does make it to where he is the nominee and if Biden does decide to run again. And what a contrast to the energy level and the emotion, talking again about America first, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Teddy on line two. Teddy, your thoughts about it all. Great speech, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, speech that Trump normally gives. If you recall, I I don't think you were listening to Chris Christie yesterday. He said that if Trump, two things he said, number one, Trump loves the crowd. He, I, and on 2000, 2016, he lied about the crowd at the inauguration. There were many empty seats. And then at CPAC, talks about the crowd. There were empty seats again. It was half enthusiastic, Christie said. And then he also said, 
that if Trump gets the nomination, which he says he won't get, he will lose to Joe Biden. And I agree. And then another thing I'd like to point out, Rita, thank you for letting me talk tonight. You're welcome. Okay, another thing he pointed out, another uh, congressman, I forgot his name, I'm sorry. He said that if Trump was the, the president when Putin, what he's doing, Putin would have been in Poland already. That's what he said. All right, so wait, 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 two Poland. things. Hold on, Ted. First off, first off, first off, uh, that, first of all, Trump himself said he doesn't believe the war would have happened if he were in the presidency. And even some Democrats have said that, Ted. So maybe there's some other who he can't even remember. It sounds like it was such a significant congressman. He can't even remember his name. But you got to give Trump credit. He fired up his base and Biden is shaking dead air. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, where we honor our great law enforcement and, of course, their families. I love doing this segment every night where we honor the great men and women in blue. A powerful story coming from Beloit, Wisconsin, where two city of Beloit police officers saved a choking child during a traffic stop that happened on Friday night. The officers were conducting a traffic stop on the west side of town while engaging with a driver. Suddenly a woman came running toward them, screaming for help. An officer, Officer Richardson, saw the woman carrying a two-year-old who was not breathing After being informed that the girl may be choking on a little bit of pizza, Richardson immediately took the child and began doing back slaps. Officer Love radioed the EMS who responded, and within a minute or two, the child began moaning and crying, and everyone had a huge sigh of relief. Another sergeant said that the babysitter later told officers that she saw the lights from their vehicle out of the window and she ran to them for help. And there's no doubt that they saved the little girl's life. What a great story of officers just being there in the right place at the right time. And thank goodness that babysitter ran out and grabbed them. And what a powerful story. And about just indicating the great work that our law enforcement do every single, single day. And we are talking, of course, about President Trump's speech at CPAC at the Conservative Political Action Convention. And it was big. Uh, There were a lot of people in the hall when he spoke. It was a little thin during most of it. But when he came, it was full force. It was packed. It was standing room only. And he talked about his support of law enforcement. It was actually really refreshing to see a president saying, and I love law enforcement. I'm going to support them. Talking also about how much he appreciates our military. He also said it is a travesty that so much money is going to these illegal migrants coming into our country while there are homeless veterans sleeping on our streets. 
And he said, we have to take care of our veterans. We have to make sure that we think of, quote, America first. And he said, I will make America first again. I'll make America safe again. Uh, I'll make America prosperous again. And he also reminded everybody that with President Biden, this is what President Trump said, we're on the precipice of World War III. He said, I really worry that Biden is leading us to World War III. And he reminded everybody under his tenure, when President Trump was in office for those four years, he reminded everybody that the world was a much more peaceful place. Take a listen. I was the only president in modern history who did not have any new wars. No new wars. I finished some old ones. I finished some old ones. And then he made an interesting proclamation saying that Russia and Ukraine, that the war there would be over in one day if he was in the White House. Take a listen. I'm the only candidate who can make this promise. I will prevent, and very easily, World War III, very easily. And you're going to have World War III, by the way. You're going to have World War III. If something doesn't happen fast, you're going to have World War III. Before I even arrive at the Oval Office, I will have the disastrous war between Russia and Ukraine settled. It will be settled quickly. Quickly. I will get the problem solved, and I will get it solved in rapid order. And it will take me no longer than one day. I know exactly what to say to each of them. I got along with very well with them. I got along very well with Putin, even though I'm the one that ended his pipeline. Remember, they said, Trump is giving a lot to Russia. Really? Putin actually said to me, if you're my friend, I'd hate like hell to see you as my enemy. Well, and for sure, I will agree with Trump on that, that President Putin feared him, that there were these moments where they said, well, the guy maybe is crazy enough that he might try to do something to us. You saw it even when he was dealing with Rocket Man. Remember, everybody went, oh, my gosh. I can't believe he's calling the head of North Korea Rocket Man. And Rocket Man backed away because he said, "Uh oh, this guy is tough. And Trump brought up that again in his speech. He said, listen, just like sort of Reagan, peace through strength. We need to have strength again. We need to have respect for our country again. And he said that world leaders all over the world feel that bad actors are walking all over President Biden. And Biden doesn't even know what he said. And it was really a very different tone. I mean, what a stark vision and different vision of America than we've been hearing. And it was nice to see the crowd applauding. It was nice to see them waving American flags. Uh, It was definitely very, very patriotic. And also it made me think, who else can really sort of rally that crowd? Well, we know, by the way, that DeSantis is going to Iowa later this week. Trump is going to go a week from today to Iowa. That's, of course, a very, very key state because that is the very, very beginning sort of of the whole trail with the primaries. Remember, it's the Iowa caucus and then you got New Hampshire, you got South Carolina. Um, So it's part of that whole train there. So that is a pivotal state. And we also had DeSantis, by the way, who spoke at the Ronald Reagan Library. And by the way, If you think things are going to be easier under DeSantis, uh, I just was sent a picture just a few moments ago. He spoke at the Ronald Reagan Library there and gave a speech about how he said 
that America should kind of have the same values that Florida has, that he was pushing in Florida, that he would like to make the rest of America sort of open like Florida and supportive of police and a number of things that he talked about. Well, guess what happened? Right outside uh, the sign for the Ronald Reagan Library, it spray-painted Ron DeFascist right now. And, you know, they spray-painted all over the sign and defaced the sign. So if you think that Ron DeSantis is going to have an easier road to hoe than Trump, I don't think that's going to happen. I think these people that feel, you know, that somebody like a Ron DeSantis or Trump or anybody who represents the GOP side and especially has taken, you know, values against anti-woke and supportive of police and all that stuff. Ron DeSantis better put his buckle on and his big boy pants on because it ain't going to be pretty for him either. And when you see Trump, you see a guy who's ready to take the fight. I always say this to you guys, and I saw this in 2016. I talked to President Trump soon before he announced on 2016. We talked for like an hour at an event. And I could tell at that moment he was seriously thinking of running for president. There was no doubt. He was talking about Iraq. He was asking really pertinent questions just about current events, world events. Very patriotic. I mean, he's always been very patriotic, supportive of the troops, supporting of law enforcement, supportive of this country. But he had that very, like, clear focus and direct focus. And it was, you could see it in his eyes and his speech at CPAC, too. He is very focused. He's like, listen, I don't know why I want to leave my cushy life again. I can stay in Mar-a-Lago, even though he has visitors like the FBI and others in the middle of the morning. But... He said, I could stay there and have a cushy life, but I want to see America come back again. He said, I have never seen America kind of go and decline so fast after two years, and I'm the guy who can come back and do it. And you could see that fight. You could see that focus in him. And you do have to wonder, can anybody else take on? Now what we see is a little bit of a Justice Department with a lot about a politics behind it. Who's going to be able to clean the house and say, okay, You know, let's clean the deck. And that's what he said. He said, I'm coming in. I was a newbie to Washington last time. Now, this time I'm not a newbie. I know where the bodies are buried. I know what the secrets are. And I will be your retribution. And he said, even afterwards, he was asked by reporters, are you worried about being indicted? And he's like, you know what? I don't care if I am. If I am, it'll make me even more popular. I won't even care. I guess my numbers will go up even more. Bring it on. They've, they've, you know, thrown everything at me, but the kitchen sink, I can handle it. I can keep going. So the question for Republicans tonight is, do you think a Ron DeSantis could keep going? Do you think a Nikki Haley could keep going? They haven't had anything like what Trump has had to deal with. However you guys feel on Trump, no, there's no doubt. That guy has gotten so much attacks on him, whether it's from the press, even remember Jim Acosta throwing everything at him. And then you think about all the investigations, whether it's in D.C. or whether in New York and everywhere all over the country, not just him, but his family. I mean, there has not been any of those really done against a DeSantis or a Nikki Haley or any of these others who have said that they may throw their name in. Nikki Haley, of course, is official at this point. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, you know, uh, spoke there. He got an interesting reaction, but didn't have a big applause, nor did Nikki Haley. Granted, it's a conservative group, but clearly Trump can still bring out his base, and he says he's ready for the fight. And he was just kind of laughing about, you know, yeah, another indictment, whatever, rack it up, you know, keep coming. Do you know what I mean? Bring it on.
So the question is, do you think the others could handle the onslaught that is clearly coming? Ron DeSantis gave a very kind of, you know, not a fiery speech, just gave a basic speech, I think, at the Reagan Library. And they're already spray painting things, calling him Ron DeFascist. Uh, These are obviously far left folks who don't think the presidential library should have a Republican, even though it's named after a Republican. I mean, you know, where is this going to end? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ on line six. BJ, your thoughts about all this? Hey, Rita. Good to hear you. You know, um, <clears throat> Trump clearly planted his flag yet again. Uh, I was impressed. Uh, uh, first of all, uh, we, you know, the difference between the conservatives and, and, and our party and the other party is that we can have uh, multiple ideas and advance these ideas and we win on the field of arguments we we we, you know so each has a different style you know uh uh, ron DeSantis is a different style he chose not to go to cpac mike pompeo is a different style you know uh trump uh what impressed me most was how trump outlined the trump doctrine in his speech and he he made it a point to say i worked very hard to keep iran Russia and China and North Korea separate from each other. Now they're colluding and conspiring uh, for our demise. And I said this on your show last week. I said we're in the. This is what World War Three looks like. And he, of course, you know, he said we're, we're headed for World War Three if we don't do anything. Uh, we have a Neville Chamberlain in in the White House. Sadly, you know, the man <clears throat> led 140,000 Russian troops amass on the Ukrainian border. He did nothing, and he basically got up at a news conference, and I'll never forget this. He said, well, looks like Russia's going to go right into Ukraine as if it, as if it was a fait accompli. Yeah, and he and also now, said, he also said, if it's a minor incursion, then maybe we won't do anything. I mean, are, like, are you kidding me? You know, with dictators, you have to, there is no gray. You have to be black or white. You have to say, clearly, here are the lines. And if you cross that line, that's it. There can't be a, well, if it's a minor incursion that Russia does, and guess what? Russia just kept on going, you know, because they saw weakness. And I have no doubt, BJ, um, and even, you know, I, I have friends of all different political stripes. And I had a friend who I talked to soon after Trump did the speech. And they said, you know, Rita, I actually think that president, this is like someone who's a diehard Democrat. I actually think we wouldn't be dealing with this with Russia and Ukraine if, if Trump was in office. Because he would have said, Putin, don't you dare. You know, for all the all the things, look who now looks very soft with Russia. President Biden, I haven't seen him do anything that, you know, he keeps its drip, 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 drip. Even the Ukrainians feel like there are a lot of promises that he hasn't delivered on. I mean, there are so many issues right now. And, and it just it, it, there's a weakness there and there's a tepidness. And, you know, we heard strength this week and it was refreshing to see an American, uh, you know, bragging about how great America is. And talking about America being the, the leader in the world again, you know, as opposed to uh, us on our knees, left and right. What did you think about that, BJ? Well, that's what America first looks like. You know, you don't just turn around, let yourself get hornswoggled into a war, and then all of a sudden start giving out uh, a blank checkbook and say, yeah, you want $500 billion? You don't, you don't do that. Winston Churchill said it best. He said, you cannot negotiate with the tiger when your head is in its mouth. And that's where we're at now. Almost. Yeah. And sadly, you know? it's a hard it's it's a hard train to turn around 
once you've sort of like created that. Um, and I don't see any checks and balances on, on Biden. I mean, that's the scary, scary thing. And, and you know, the other thing we're going to talk about in the next hour or two, BJ, is all these different groups, these sort of anarchist groups. I mean, we are in like, like the Twilight Zone, where in New York, uh, the city council is paying $21,000 to the protesters in the, quote, summer of love. That was like the summer of riots, you know, because their rights were violated by police. And then we've got these anarchists that were burning down an Atlanta uh, police training center over the weekend. And it turns out, by the way, a lot of these people, like two of them were local people. I mean, the rest were like some of them were from other countries coming in. This is like an organized effort to sort of dismantle America and, you know, and, and we're fighting for our values. And it was refreshing to see a president who said, hey, bring it on. Because, uh, you know, when you hear what some of these others have made good speeches, but could they handle what the fight is going to be and the turnaround is going to be? It's going to be tough no matter who, whoever becomes president. I mean, if, Ron, if people think, OK, you put a Ron DeSantis or a Nikki Haley or a Pompeo or somebody in there that the onslaught's going to stop, it ain't going to stop. They're, they're going to come after them next. And can they handle the same heat that Trump has had? I don't know if any human can. You have to wonder about that. BJ, thank you very much. We're going to continue your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about President Trump's two-hour full of energy speech at CPAC, talking about supporting police, supporting America, kicking Russia out of Ukraine, and so much more. Also, uh, we're also talking about some of the new footage from January 6th that was just released, never-before-seen footage, or at least never-before-shown footage. The January 6th committee most likely saw it. Uh, but did not show these parts. And according to Tucker Carlson on Fox News, basically showing that a lot of the officers were acting more as tour guides, basically showing some of the protesters around. In other words, the protesters weren't that disrespectful to at least some of the officers that they see inside the Capitol. And also Officer Brian Sicknick, again, according to Tucker Carlson's reporting, showing that he was walking around the building inside the Capitol after he was supposedly, quote, uh, killed by the mob outside. And they say the footage shows that he's healthy, walking around normally. Um, and we know that he passed away the following day, an autopsy showing it was from a stroke. But painting a bit of a very different impression, at least according to Fox News, of what was shown in the January 6th committee. So... Does this paint a very different image of January 6th where some of the protesters were kind of being led around by police? Hey, yeah, as long as just keep things, don't go crazy. You can look around, you can walk around, that kind of stuff. Uh, that's a very different impression than we certainly heard from Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger and Jamie Raskin and so much more. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stefano in Putnam County. Stefano, your thoughts about all this? Oh, hi, Rita. Thank you very much for having me. It's an honor to be on your show. And I just wanted to say thank you for everything you do to shed light on law enforcement and the military. Thank you. We um, love them. Own, thank you. 
no problem. I also want to say that, you know, the views and opinions that I expressed have nothing to do with the Department of Defense or the military, because I'm still active in uh, in the military. I am uh, one of the National Guard members. Uh, my unit got activated to go down to D.C. shortly thereafter the incident on January 7th. Um, I'm a military policeman, so uh, we were tasked with protecting the perimeter and working right alongside the Capitol Police over there. Bravo. The one thing I will say, yeah, the one thing I will say is um, <clears throat> you're working on posts for about 12 hours with somebody. Naturally, you're going to be speaking with them, right? That's just the field of law enforcement. Yeah. And what did they say? So I, well, yeah, I was talking with some of the officers and I extended my uh, my condolences to the loss of, in particular, Officer Sicknick. Because I said, yeah, I heard, you know, I mean, you know, from what the reports are that he got hit and assaulted. And they had a different story. You know, they had said. Listen, don't believe everything you hear. You, you know, he did pass away, but he passed away at home, and it was due to pretty much natural causes. Uh, that, and at that point, I said to myself, well, wow, that's interesting. That is interesting. So, Stefano, that's really blockbuster because what you're saying, you're, you're still in the military police, obviously, you still brought up, um, and um, that you were talking to some of the officers who were there January 6th, and they immediately basically knew that um, at least according, you know, what they told you was that it wasn't that it was a natural cause that this sort of being beat up there uh, wasn't what happened. Correct. This is the like we like to say, it's the information on the ground. Yeah. Right? So that's the information that they gave us. Uh, when I asked them, I said, well, what do you think about all this stuff going on with, you know, uh, you know, the news portraying all this stuff? They just said, you know, it's, it's a bunch of uh, quite frankly, it's a bunch of B.S., uh, they said, you know, the facts will come out one day, as we see now, thankfully, Tucker Carlson, who I watch regularly, now has the ability to go ahead and at least view some of this footage and release a lot of this footage. Um, it's something I was waiting, to be honest, personally, I was waiting for like a lot of this stuff to come out, too, uh, because and interestingly enough, I will say this, it's been a busy couple of years, as you know, for the National Guard. I was also part of the group that got activated to originally go down to the Jacob Javits Center for the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Um, so you were you were a busy guy. Well, Stefano, thank you. That is a busy. really important yes. call. And I'm so glad you got to call us back again. Um, really amazing insight that you're hearing from people right there. And you would think at that moment, clearly they would tell you what went on. Um, and I hope Tucker puts out as much as possible of this because it's not my it's not a surprise to me that it was sort of piecemealed. Uh, by the partisan committee. Thanks so much, Stefano. Let's go real quick to Frank in Maine. Frank, you've been holding for a while. Go ahead, Frank. Oh, good evening, Rita. Always a pleasure to speak to you when I have the uh, when I have the chance, Rita. We all know that January sixth was a was an exaggerated, fake, phony fraud. Uh, it did happen, but not the way that the Democrats wanted it to happen. The footage definitely shows something totally different than what everybody else was saying. And Trump emphasized the fact that now, no matter what happens, he will be president of the United States in 2024. Yeah, he's going full throttle for it, Frank. There is no doubt about it. We're going to continue talking what he said about the border and also some scary stuff. Americans kidnapped in Mexico. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
We are talking about President Trump's speech at CPAC, which was actually quite riveting. I thought he did a great job, and it was a powerful speech. He also talked about the importance of protecting our borders. And take a listen to a little bit of what he said would happen if he becomes president again in terms of securing our southern border. Under my leadership, we will use all necessary state, local, federal, and military resources to carry out the largest domestic deportation operation in American history. And he says it will be secure borders again. So much going on right now in terms of the borders. One of the new things that we saw just recently was the cost of what illegal migrants are costing on New York City. Anywhere from 5 to $10 million a day is the price tag. That is an enormous price tag. How can anyone sustain that price tag? It's taxpayer dollars going towards taking care of feeding and housing the migrants. Just in New York City alone, again, $5 million bucks. That is an enormous amount. And what President Trump is basically saying, you know what? We should be thinking of our homeless veterans first. We need to take care of our own first. And that is where taxpayer money should be spent. By the way, case in point of just some scary situations of what is happening at our border. Um, Have you heard this news tonight? This is really troubling. There are now four U.S. citizens that have been kidnapped, they believe, by a cartel in Matamoros, Mexico. That is in northeast Mexico, right over the border. And that they apparently were taken on a mistaken identity case, basically that the drug dealers apparently and these cartel folks basically thought that they were part of a different gang. And suddenly you see this footage. It is absolutely Frightening. You see them coming upon this vehicle, taking somebody out. It looks like a woman is being dragged into the car. And according to different reports now, they're basically saying that these people were just going into Mexico to buy medications and for some medical procedure. And suddenly they were surrounded uh, by this cartel at gunpoint and were kidnapped and taken hostage, were assaulted and taken hostage. And tonight, nobody knows where they are. This is just a powerful, painful reminder of how dangerous the situation is right there, literally across the border from the United States. And right now they're saying, hey, Mexico, please try to do what you can to hand these people over. And this is a very complicated situation about just how dangerous it is, how dangerous these cartels are. I mean, these guys are ruthless. They are brutal. And it just shows what we are dealing with on the other side of the border and what is so easy to cross over if you have an open border. I mean, if you've got cartels that are abducting Americans at gunpoint right there across the border, and now nobody knows where these four Americans are. First of all, of course, we're praying for them and their families that they come home safely. But it's also a reminder of just how dangerous and how lawless it is across the border. And when you have an open border coming into our country and many of these people are just kind of coming through, uh, whether they're illegal migrants, whether they're cartel leaders, uh, whether they're human traffickers, 
we have to watch what's happening across our border. We've got to protect the homeland. And I think about as soon as I saw this, I thought, God, how many gotaways have we had? We've had like over a million gotaways. These are the ones we don't even have any clue about, let alone the ones who have ended up on the terror watch list. And there are more and more discussions of late to go after these cartels full throttle and basically say it is time to get tough, almost treat them like ISIS and that they should be categorized as a terrorist organization. And that was one thing we heard from President Trump this weekend. And it was refreshing to hear that. It was refreshing to finally hear a president say, hey, it's time to get tough on these guys. And a lot of people don't have a lot of faith that President Biden is going to be able to handle this one. Do you have any faith? And what a stark contrast if it was President Trump right now versus President Biden in the White House. Well, take a listen. Here's Senator John Cornyn from Texas talking about the kidnapping. This is scary stuff. And here's a little bit. Actually, uh, first, forgive me. This is Corinne Jean-Pierre. I want to play that first from the White House presser today where she was asked about it and gave kind of a generic answer. Can you speak to the uh, incident involving four U.S. citizens in Mexico who have come under gunfire and have been kidnapped and how the administration may be able to get information out of Mexico or what the status of that is right now? So I have a statement here that I want to read out to all of you. We are closely following the assault and kidnapping of four U.S. citizens uh, in Matamorosa, Mexico. Uh, These sorts of attacks are unacceptable. Our thoughts are with the families of these individuals, and we stand ready to provide all appropriate consular assistance. U.S. law enforcement is in touch with Mexican law enforcement. The Departments of State and Homeland Security are also coordinating with Mexican authorities, and we will continue to coordinate uh, with Mexico and push them uh, to bring those responsible to justice. And again, our hearts are with the families. And then she was asked for more details and was a bit cagey. Take a listen. Any early indications as to the circumstances or um, any efforts to try to locate these Americans? Don't have anything to share outside of what I just laid out. Clearly, we want to be really careful here. There are privacy concerns, uh, and so I don't want to share too much about the information on how we're moving forward or even the individuals. We just want to be really mindful on that. But clearly, uh, we're on top of this. And and now here is Senator John Cornyn talking about just that this is not a shocker given the dynamics of what's happening on the border almost every single day. It used to be commonplace in the, along the border towns. You'd travel over to shop or go to a, a restaurant in, uh, in northern Mexico, those towns like Nuevo Laredo um, and Matamoros and others. But it's not safe any longer, and kidnappings are fairly frequent. Uh, and the kidnappers will keep you until the ATM machine, till past, you go past midnight, so you can make two separate day withdrawals to pay the ransom uh, to gain your freedom. But uh, everybody knows that the cartels control the plazas, which is all of the area along the northern border, and that they, uh, they demand payment from the migrants uh, or anybody else trying to move things across their territory. And so as shocking as, uh, as this is, uh, it's not completely surprising. What a contrast. Now we are dealing with Americans abducted in Mexico. We're dealing with a wide open border. We're dealing with fentanyl. And again, it was refreshing to hear President Trump talking about how important it is to secure our border again and to talk tough with Mexico and some of these others to protect the homeland. 
That was basically the focus. He's saying, look what has happened in two years. And it's an interesting thing as we're talking about President Trump at CPAC, because before it was like, here's what I would like to do. And his speech at this time was like, here's what I have done. I had a secure border under me. I had a protected homeland. We didn't have wars. Um, you know, we were dealing with going after the traffickers. We were treading the drug dealers as this. Uh, and now look at what has happened in just a short time. Millions upon millions crossing our border. And, of course, we're praying for those folks who were kidnapped tonight, held by a drug cartel. They believe one of the most ruthless cartels there in northeastern Mexico. What a scary situation. A lot of people go and cross the border to try to get like cheaper pharmaceuticals, cheaper medicines. And it sounds like that's exactly what they were doing. And then suddenly we're surrounded by a cartel, armed cartel with major guns and major weaponry. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Bob. Uh, line six. Bob, your thoughts about uh, Trump's view of protecting the homeland and what we're dealing with now. Good evening, Rita. Uh, the only thing, uh, it's important to understand the, that Trump is the only one that can save this planet from World War III because of his personality and his experience. Also, I'm very concerned the Democrats are like a wounded animal, or they will be. And they can try anything and do anything to, to Trump. That's what I'm concerned about. He needs to handpick the security detail. Because I'm very worried about another JFK situation. Oh, my God. Wait, Larry, you think that what things are going to get that heated? Wow. Bob, that's a that's a that's a you know, that's a new one. But but I'm telling you, you could clearly say he felt that there were people not to that degree. But what he did say when he was speaking is that he will have people that he feels have his similar views, have his similar policies. Um, and you could bet there are people that are obviously sadly threatening him. Um, but, um, he said that at this point he wants to turn this country around and bring security for everybody in this country. That was really the focus of his speech this weekend. Um, but he did say that he said, listen, bring me on and there won't be a world war three basically was his message. And he said, I do believe that there will be with Biden if Biden continues this. Uh, that was that was uh, I mean, that's it's amazing to hear that kind of rhetoric in a speech. one 800 Let's go to Larry. Uh, line eight. Larry, your thoughts about all this. You know, you make. Hi, Rita. You know, you're making me think that the reason people hate Trump is because of vicarious power. Trump can scare half the world to death. This kidnapping is one example. If Trump, all Trump had to do, if this would happen under Trump, something like this, all Trump would say was, I'm going to liquidate this cartel. And the members of the cartel, we don't see, we don't hear them and see them in Mexico. They, they're probably running around going, Trump, 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 Trump. That's, what they, that's the way they call Trump. They're all scared. It's like the boogeyman, you know? And all of a sudden, these kidnapped people would be all of a sudden by the side of a road free in the blink of an eye. But the reason people hate him so much is because the only ones he can't hurt are the people in America, his domestic enemies. He can, he, he, can, he, can, he can trample on all the bad people in the world 
But the domestic p- enemies, he has to hearken to. And that's why people hate him. Okay. So, well, and also, uh, I, by, the, by the way, Larry, he also talked about how, you know, all the deep state, like even some of these wars, he's like, you know, yeah, I'm going to go after some of these, like the war machine. The, uh, the other thing he brought up, too, which was really interesting, he also talked about pulling out of Afghanistan, how bad that was, the way that Biden did it, and how he says that that was one of the biggest disasters in modern history. And I actually agree with him in a lot of ways. In recent times, it was an embarrassment how many millions upon millions of dollars? And he's recited some stunning numbers. I wrote it down because I was I was just stunned. He said um, that there were thousands upon thousands of guns and weaponry. Also, the Jeeps. He said 700,000 uh, rifles and guns. 70,000 vehicles were left behind. And he said, and now the Taliban, which, of course, got access to all of that because of Biden's quick and hasty withdrawal, now they are the second biggest arms dealer in the world. I mean, look what we created. I mean, it was it was actually really stunning to hear him just hitting on all of these points. And you could see even people who were, you know, supplying the weaponry or doing the other going, oh, wait a minute, you know. Um, Maybe he's not going to let us be so cushy-cushy with things anymore. It was an interesting Interesting dynamic, Larry. And then on the other hand, he also said, I defend freedom. I would defend Ukraine and I would pick up the phone and talk to Vladimir Putin. And guess what? Our president hasn't done that. Our president, our president has the chance to talk to President Xi and he's like, you know, tiptoeing through the tulips with him and doesn't go after COVID, doesn't tell him, don't you dare get cozy with Russia. Um, and it was pretty interesting to hear you really need somebody who can put some of these bad actors in line and you get a sense now, Larry, that we don't have a president who has the, I use the phrase, cojones to do it. What are your thoughts, Larry, about that all? Well, not only Afghanistan, not only giving all the, all the, the riflery, but I recently heard that the drones, when, that the drones they left behind uh, in Afghanistan went over to Iran and they're being used against the Ukrainian army. Yeah, th- I, I heard, heard. I heard that, too. Okay. I heard so, that, too. Wow. And, you, and there's, there's a power vacuum, basically, in the world. The reason DeSantis has to step aside is for the, is for the good, because he has to imagine the disaster that would happen if he's elected, not if he's not elected, because Trump is, is needed to save the world because there's a power vacuum in the world. When there's a power vacuum, Chaos ensues because everybody wants to step in. But if Trump is there leading the United States, then they know who is in charge and everybody uh, plays, you know, plays along. But but Biden is a puppet of Obama. Biden cannot do anything stridently in the interest of America because he's too jaded. Every time he's looking over his shoulder, he doesn't have it in him to do anything of a leadership nature. He can't. Well, and sadly, bad actors walk all over that kind of behavior, too. And that is the big concern, Larry, too, not just for us domestically, uh, but the fact that look at what's happening right now. And and it was interesting to hear Trump talk about it. And we've talked about it on the show. You see the chess pieces. You see China getting closer to Russia. You see Iran and Russia cozying up. You see these sort of bad actors kind of bandying together. And you see, you know, Russia, you know obviously goes into Ukraine. You see China thinking clearly about going into potentially Taiwan soon. And it's a sad reality. I mean, if you're a bad actor, this is the time to move. And they see it. 
And and that is a real shame, not just for America, but for the world. Uh, we're going to continue with your calls, Larry. Thank you. Always love your calls. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. You are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. going to talk about one of the things President Trump talked about this weekend at CPAC, supporting our law enforcement, absolutely coming under attack. In fact, in Atlanta, I don't know if you saw the images, it was stunning. It is a planned police training center. You would think some of these people who say police need better training so they don't uh, use excessive force in their mind and they should be trained better. Well, here's a training center that was set up. And it was basically firebomb, Molotov cocktails, orchestrated attack by anarchists. And it turns out that a number of them were not even from the United States. So what is going on? These people, it's my way or the highway. And I talked about how they were defacing the Ronald Reagan library sign after DeSantis was there. Uh, And now they basically almost burned to the ground the construction site where this new police city is going up, this new training center in Atlanta. We're going to talk about that and also the fact that even Mayor Eric Adams of New York coming out and saying that Lori Lightfoot's election loss is a warning sign and that Democrats need to pay attention to crime and what it is doing across the country. So we're going to talk about all of that and a lot more after the break. Meantime, here is President Trump at CPAC saying it is time to protect America and make America number one again. Take a listen. But we have no choice. If we don't do this, our country will be lost forever. People are tired of rhinos and globalists. They want to see America first. That's what they want. It's not too complicated. And it was positive. It was like America safe, America first, uh, America prosperous again. There were a lot of things that I thought were very presidential about his speech. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan. Line three. Stan, your thoughts. It was a great speech, didn't you think? Ba-ba-ba. Big deal. I mean, I laughed after the first 10 minutes. I mean, I love that Larry. Stan, hang on. I just got to ask you. Let me just honestly ask you, Stan. Are you actually going to ask me honestly? I I am going to ask you. (laughs) The honest question. I got to ask you. Do you think President Biden, who you think walks on water. No, no, we are. We are. Would have the the energy to be able to do a dynamic two-hour speech, much of it extemporaneous, on his feet, getting the crowd going. Your guy is shaking thin air and trying to figure out where's the exit sign, where's the bathroom. Is that? Oh, that's the living room. I, I mean, honestly, when you you, the, the energy level. I am asking. Uh, do let's you, talk about the energy level. All right, go ahead. Uh, let's go back on the videotape to yesterday in Georgia. I thought the president was fantastic. He walked the Pettus Bridge. He was in good shape. He tripped. Well, uh, just a minute. You, you he talk. tripped. He, he tripped. He walked the Pettus Bridge. He tripped he on Air Force job. One again. Donald Trump never would have gone down. He would have got lost on the bridge. Forget it. 
So please, let me not hear about the speech. He tripped on Air Force One again, Stan. So what? All right. I'm just saying. I'm just I'm saying, listen, the reason I say this, Dan, I have met Joe Biden. I met Joe Biden in the mid 90s. I've seen him through the years. This is not Joe Biden at his peak. All right. Let's just that's just let's be honest. Go ahead, Stan. Oh, you're going after nothing like you always do. Here's the no, point. I'm going after the reality, Stan. No, we all no, see, no, do you yeah. see? Do you that, see a vibrant man? Get, wait a minute, Stan. You, you have got to be kidding me. You actually think that that he has more energy than President Trump? You got to be kidding me. I'll take. I'll tell you right now. The debate is going to be if he's going to run. And I assume he's going to run, according to his wife. Yeah, Jill. Yeah, because she's yeah. running the show. Yeah. You know, no, no, no. According to Larry, that ambulance chaser. Uh, Biden, uh, uh, Barack Obama's running the show. If you believe that line of garbage, I mean, which is ridiculous. Secondly, secondly, uh, he said he's going to save the world. Give me a break. He can't save himself because the indictments are coming. Watch out. All right, Stan. Uh, clearly, he even said, if an indictment comes, it'll make me more popular. It'll embolden him anymore. You know, he'll continue. He doesn't seem to be thwarted by an indictment. He's uh, dealt with how many dozens of investigations, Stan? And you have got to be kidding me. If you think Biden has the same amount of energy, I'll sell you a bridge in Brooklyn. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, where we honor our great military and their family, a beautiful tribute to their late father, Carl Smith, who was also a World War II veteran by his family during a hometown hero observance in Greensburg, Pennsylvania, and it took place just a few days ago. Carl Smith used to cycle rain or shine. So they did a bit of a bike ride. They also did a golf outing and many things to honor this great World War II veteran who passed away in 2019 at the age of 96. A little bit about his background. He excelled in multiple sports in high school, graduated in 1942. He then enlisted in the Army, serving in five World War II campaigns in Normandy, Northern France, the Rhineland, the Ardennes, and also in Central Europe. He was assigned to an engineer combat battalion where he was a mechanic, a radio operator, a jeep driver, and a machine gunner. And he suffered a concussion and permanent hearing loss when a jeep he was driving in was hit by an anti-tank mine. Amazing. He received a Purple Heart for his injury, and years later, a French Legion of Honor medal the nation's highest award. And his family said they wanted to do things to carry on his name and carry on his legacy, doing a bike ride and a number of other things, honoring his great dedication to sports and, of course, great dedication to our country. And what a beautiful thing to see his family carrying on the tradition so future generations know of this great World War II veteran, Greensburg, Pennsylvania resident, Carl Smith. And what a beautiful story. I always love doing our Support Our Hero segment every night here on the Rita Cosby Show. Well, we're talking about President Trump. We're talking about protecting the homeland. And this is something else President Trump said this weekend at CPAC, saying that it is time to go after woke and crazy policies 
and bring this country back. Take a listen. Change only happens if we plow fearlessly ahead and declare with one voice that the era of woke and weaponized government is over. That is our task. That is our mission. And this is the turning point and the time for that decision. Because as you've probably heard me say before, we will not back down. We will not bend. We will not quit. We will not yield. We will press forward with push. We will press forward with vigor. We will push onward and we will finish what we started. We started a great, great positive revolution. Nobody's ever seen anything like it before. It's called Make America Great Again. We want to make America great again. And it was nice to hear that positive message. And again, support of police. Speaking of police, this was stunning to see the footage this weekend in Atlanta, Georgia. It is a planned police training center. It's just a construction site. It hasn't even been finished yet. There are law enforcement kind of protecting it because it's come under attack before. And over the weekend, it was nearly burned to the ground, the construction site. And also suddenly these people who were talking and were kind of peacefully marching at a music site, at a music concert, suddenly changed into black clothes, ran over to this construction site where this police training center is. It's called Cop City. And they attacked it. It turns out, by the way, that only two people, they say, were from Georgia that were arrested. Isn't this interesting? Of those who kind of orchestrated this attack. Turns out one of them, by the way, uh, was somebody who was a lawyer for the Southern Poverty Law Center. He was arrested and charged with domestic terrorism over the violence that broke out on Sunday in Atlanta at that planned police training center where officers were also attacked as well. Um, and then they also are finding out that some of the other people that were arrested, get this, they were from France. They were from Canada. So who's sending these people in? Who's paying for their flights for uh, Viva la France to suddenly come over and go and change into black and do this orchestrated attack, uh, throwing Molotov cocktails at officers and setting cars on fire? Um, it was not a pretty scene, and it was clearly uh, a brutal attack and a destructive attack. So who is behind this? Is this like sort of a Soros group? We need to find out who it is. And listen to this activist uh, who was on a podcast talking about how dangerous this, quote, cop city. This is what they're calling a new police training center. You would think that those who are criticizing that police are going too far would be happy that they're getting more training. But no, these people want no police. Take a listen. The danger we see in cop city is that it's a basically it is a police military base right a military base for police for domestic police we've already seen documents that show that over 43 percent of the training that's going to happen is going to happen uh with police officers or cops outside of georgia in addition to that georgia as other police departments have ongoing relationships with police departments in israel which will teach them the tactics and trainings that they use against palestinians and then i say in reverse they also will be learning the tactics and trainings that they use against the black community. And both of them, both of those agencies use against movements uh, fighting against their repression, right? 
So the danger is, is that this is basically an, a hooking up of of domestic because we don't have a national police per se in the United States other than what you might call the FBI. But this is sort of a hooking up of police departments all over the country in a more concentrated way with military grade weaponry and tactics and international training. So this is not policing. This is a military repression place, a place to learn military repression tactics, again, on movements and communities. Does that make any sense? It's a police training center. There is no gray with these people. They think there shouldn't be any new police stations, no new police training. I mean, these people are nuts and they just want, you know, uh, unbridled rule, you know, anarchy, you know, lawlessness. I mean, is that the America you want to live in? I don't want to live in an America like that. You want to have some structure and have the good guys out there protecting you from the bad guys. But these guys, what, they want to run the show? They think that that would keep things in line? Are you kidding me? What, they want to burn every police station down? I said it. I remember when they were burning the police station down in Minneapolis. The minute that happened, I thought that city's going under because they surrendered the police station. And to these people... It represents sort of like the taking over, like the evil, like police are evil. They don't even want any police, even well-trained ones. This was a training center. And you heard the mentality, and they were burning it to the ground, throwing Molotov cocktails, burning cars that were all around it. And I'm glad that at least the Atlanta police chief is throwing the book at him. Take a listen. Here is the chief himself talking about the attack on what, again, these protesters or rioters, I should say, Call Cop City. Actions such as this will not be tolerated. When you attack law enforcement officers, when you damage equipment, you are breaking the law. And this was a very violent attack that occurred this evening. Very violent attack. And this wasn't about a public safety training center. This was about anarchy, and this was about the attempt to destabilize. Yeah, it clearly was. And clearly, these people will never be happy. Never be happy. They're like, again, again, this is stunning. It was a lawyer for the Southern Poverty Law Center who is supposed to go after these groups that, you know, are, you know, showing disparagement and showing hate groups. And he's one of the guys who was arrested. I mean, you can't make this up. It is a lawyer for the Southern Poverty Law Center, and he has now been charged with domestic terrorism And if you're working at the Southern Poverty Law Center, your goal is to go after hate groups in America. Maybe you need to investigate your group, buddy. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. By the way, the tide is turning, as it seems, at least from some in Democratic leadership. I was very happy to see Mayor Eric Adams of New York say on CNN this weekend uh, that Lori Lightfoot, who lost her, of course, Uh, election in Chicago. It's still not over yet because there's a pro-police candidate there, Vallis, who is the top guy in the runoff. The runoff is on April 4th. So let's pray it goes his way. The other one is even loonier than Lori Lightfoot, is a total defund the policer. So Chicago is either going to go one way or the other, guys. And that was one of the most destructive, dangerous cities in this country. It's either going to turn and go with someone who wants to defend the police, or it's going to go to further left, if you can believe it or not, than Lori Lightfoot, to somebody who is a total defund the police guy. And Eric Adams said that Lori Lightfoot's loss was a wake-up sign to Democrats that they need 
to look at their communities and protect their communities, that that is job number one. That is good news to hear. Listen to the New York mayor. I want to talk about what happened in Chicago this week. Your friend, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, she lost, she had a pretty big loss Mm -hmm. in her re-election bid. You work closely together on a range of issues, particularly on questions of crime. That is an issue that dominated the election in Chicago. What is your takeaway from her loss? Well, I think all of our big cities, I like to say we have three parties, um, Democrat, Republicans and mayors. Uh, mayors, we are closer, we're the closest to the problems. And I stated on the campaign trail and in the city, public safety is a prerequisite to prosperity. Same in Chicago, like New York and many of our big cities across America. That is why we're zero focus, double digit decrease in shootings, double digit decrease uh, in homicides. We, we have witnessed this year, uh, particularly the month of February, all of our index crimes are low, low for the entire year. We are focused on public safety because people want to be safe. They don't feel safe and they're actually safe. Then you're going to lose control of your city. Is what happened to her a warning sign for you here in New York? <laughs> to the contrary. I think it's a warning sign for the country. Uh, Eric Adams has been talking about public safety, not only on the co- campaign trail, uh, but for the first year. I showed up at crime scenes. I knew what New Yorkers were saying, and I saw it all over the country. I think, if anything, it is really stating that this is what I have been talking about. America, we have to be safe. Great to hear from, again, a Democratic mayor in the biggest city in this country. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pete, line three. Uh, Pete, your thoughts about this. What a contrast um, we're hearing you know, and you think about, I was thinking about the CPAC speak with Trump, where he talked about protecting police, protecting communities. Let's get rid of crime. Let's get tough on these juvenile criminals. He was talking about repeat offenders. It was just refreshing to hear somebody saying that who's, uh, you know, seeking higher office. That was the greatest speech I ever heard. And about five people called me up. One of my friends commented that the Democrats and the uh, swamp and all these uh People that want to drive this country down, run for the hills. He's coming back. And a couple of people who I know that were saying, oh, no, he's done. They're starting to turn. And it's all of a sudden the support is there. This man took 16 people and destroyed them. And he will get anything in his way. We wouldn't be having uh, the problem in the Ukraine with him in because nobody would dare because he will tell them, I know where you live, there's your house, and if you give me nonsense, I will destroy you. And that's what we need. We need somebody firm. We have It's too light with this. This guy don't even know if he's alive, this president. I respect the office, but I don't respect that we're driving this country into the ground. But, you know, one of the things is the stock market is starting to come about because the whole thing that's doing it is that they know Trump is coming back. And nobody could argue that. You know, it's an interesting uh, story. And I think actually I think he said this during the speech, Pete. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, during the two hour CPAC speech, he basically said um, the story you sort of repeated about the House and sometimes, you know, saying it directly to a leader, it was interesting, a uh, leader, and I use the word loosely because it was the Taliban leader and the Taliban king, of the Abdullah, uh, whatever his name is, Abdullah, Abdullah or whatever, the Taliban guy. And he said, 
Um, you know, Mr. President, um, you know, uh, why are you showing me a picture or something of my house or something like that? And it was a very interesting. He talked about this moment where he said, you know, if you kill one American life, if you touch one hair on any American troop and then he hands a picture of his house and he and he said, uh, just no, we know, you know, it's basically it was a very powerful message. Say, hey, we know where you live. You know what I mean? Like, don't you dare. And and listen, uh, things were much safer in the world. And you look at it. And also you think that Putin, I have no doubt. Uh, that President Trump would have said, Vladimir Putin, don't you dare cross into Ukraine. I have no doubt that he would have done that. And and I told you the story of this week, and I was talking to a friend, diehard Democrat, who was saying the same thing, too. She's like, you know, and she likes Biden. She's not, she's drinking some of the Kool-Aid that Stan is drinking. But she did say, <laughs> uh, yeah, some, which is some really strong stuff, Pete. But what she did say was that the world was much safer. And she said, you know, I got to give Trump credit. The world was much safer uh, there was a sense of order and there was a sense of leadership coming from the president. And she said, and these people scared the heck out of him. You know, they were worried that Abdullah, the, you know, the Afghan guy, uh, you tell me that those people who are basically back in the Stone Age, the only thing they understand is force. And they certainly care about their own survival, you know, and clearly they were worried about it. You know, I have no doubt that he was like, oh, this guy's nuts, you know, and that's probably what little rocket man thought. And I'm sure Putin and others, too. And sometimes you need to you need to have them worried. You want to have, you know, have relations where you can pick up the phone and speak to people, especially bad actors and to keep them in line. But sometimes a little fear in their place is not a bad thing, Pete. And and I don't get the sense they fear Biden whatsoever. And and boy, what a contrast. And that's why I thought, you know, I thought Trump's speech was really powerful that he could lay out. This is what the world was when I was there. And I can bring that back again, you know, and for all, you know, people say, oh, the mean tweets or the mean this and the that. He was actually he went after some of the other Republicans, not in the race, but he went after those so-called rhinos. But he didn't really he didn't take any swipes at DeSantis. I didn't hear any. Um, I didn't hear him take swipes at Nikki Haley or anything. I sort of feel like if he can stay sort of almost in the lane he's in, I actually think in many ways he is unbeatable on the GOP side. Your thoughts real quick, Pete. The only person that could beat Donald Trump is Donald Trump himself. You know, I think he let his guard down. He didn't think that uh, it would be capable of uh, fixing an election. But uh, from what history repeats itself, there's been many, many elections that have been, you know, fixed. And stuff. Well, and, we and the one to... thing and Pete, the one thing I will say is the whole Hunter Biden stuff that that we all see now clearly was a travesty. The fact that that was suppressed and that people didn't have all the information. There were even Democrats, Pete, right after all that, who came out and said that they may have voted differently. They may not have voted for Biden. Um, and that makes a huge difference if they had known that there was the, all these questions. They didn't know what the laptop was. They didn't know that there was anything, any truth to it. Now we know the laptop was real. We know, obviously, the contents in it are real. And Trump was certainly having a lot of fun with that this weekend, too. We're going to continue your calls. Pete, we love you. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. Law and order. Uh, we didn't see it in Atlanta this weekend, but I will say the end result was good. They at least arrested the guys and charged them with domestic terrorism. These were the ones who were trying to burn down 
a new police training center. And then we also heard from Eric Adams, mayor of New York, saying, you know what? The loss of Lori Lightfoot in Chicago is a warning sign basically to every American mayor that they have to care about public safety. And we heard a lot of that from President Trump at CPAC saying we must respect police. We must respect our veterans. Is he the guy who could clench the GOP nomination? And are things so much the other way in many places in this country uh, that maybe even some of the people who didn't like the mean tweets are saying, you know what, bring him back to restore safety, restore safety in America. What are your thoughts, everybody? one 800 848 Let's go to Robert, line seven. Robert, your thoughts from Philly, your thoughts. How you doing, Rita? I'll be I'll be quick as possible. Uh, first, you should record Teddy and Stan and make an album called "The Best of Itchy and Scratchy: The Mindless Rantings of the Unhinged Left." I think it would be wonderful. But I think that going forward, um, DeSantis, I'm I'm going to make a prediction. I don't think DeSantis is going to run because I think he's going to see that there's no political downside to wait until 2028. Whereas he could encounter a lot of political downside running against Trump in 2024. He endorses Trump, stays in Florida, don't be part of his administration, and then Trump endorses him in uh, um, 2028. And DeSantis will see that that is his best chance, politically speaking. I don't, I doubt it. I mean, I know it might not happen. It's just a prediction, but I'm just thinking it through. And from his point of view, that would be the best way to go about it. I'll vote for either one of them happily. I'll pick Trump in the primary, but I'll vote for either one happily. But if he does what I think he should do, I think he's set up for eight years after Trump. I'll leave it there. You have a great night, Rita. Great as always. Thank you very much, Robert. We appreciate it. Let's go to Jeff in Jersey City. Jeff, your thoughts on where 2024 is headed. Go ahead, Jeff. Rita, quickly, um, as unusual it sounds, Adams, um, you know, the Democrats are starting to um, line up already. You know, you, uh, you heard a couple of people say that they're ready to uh, run for for the nomination and throw Biden out. He can't do the job. And um, Adams, if he was ever going to do it, timing is everything in politics. And some people might say he has a lousy record as mayor. He's saying some of the right things, even conservative things about prayer in school and all that kind of thing. I think he might have a big appeal across the wide spectrum. And one last thing, Rita, quick. uh, And by by the way, Jeff, I agree with you. I'll let you you finish. But I agree with you in the sense, don't rule him out, whether it's this go-round or another go-round on the Democratic side. Absolutely. Go ahead. And you you know know what? On on Biden's side, Lady Macbeth, you you, you know her. Uh, She's pushing Biden out. And we have already this history. Roosevelt was sick. Uh, like Biden. And when he took Stalin on, Stalin took full advantage of him and changed the course of history. You know, you know that well, Rita. Biden can't negotiate with Russia, Ukraine or China. And it'll be like um, Roosevelt going to Stalin again and Stalin robbing him blind. Remember that in history? I Well, I do. And by the way, it is by the way, it is a scary, scary time in the world. Just as you said, uh, they sense weakness. And they see it right now with Biden. One thousand percent, Jeff. Thanks so much. Let's go real quick to Al. Line two. Al, your thoughts. Yeah. Hi, Rita. Thanks for the call. You know, I just wanted to say with Mayor Adams saying it was a wake up call in Chicago. I sure it was. I mean, Lori Lightfoot only won 17 percent of the vote Uh, four years ago. She in the runoff 
she almost won that election three yeah, to was, one. She was a huge yeah. rising star. The thing that's scary, though, Al, is that there's now this Dallas guy who we had on. Um, I had on Katz and Cosby. Uh, John had him on. He was great. But the problem is there's a one who's even loonier and farther to the left than Lori Lightfoot. So pray for Chicago. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. <laughs>